It's the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Tuesday, October 23rd. I'm Donald Ware. It is Takeaway Tuesday and some really big wins on Saturday. I want to start with the Alcorn State victory over Grambling, 33-26. This is a big-time win for Alcorn State. If you heard the weekend edition uh, from the press box to press row, we had Fred McNair, the head football coach of Alcorn State, on as a guest, and we made mention that it had been since 2014. 2014 was the last time that Alcorn State defeated Grambling State. That was the last time that Alcorn State defeated Grambling State. That was back in 2014. Of course, the two teams have met the last three SWAC championship games. And during that stretch, Alcorn State has fallen to Grambling in the regular season each time. So for Alcorn State to eke out a win like that, the way they were able to eke the win out, um, it was a situation where they scored, meaning uh, Grambling, or excuse me, meaning Alcorn State, with about uh, 12 seconds remaining in the football game. Noah Johnson on a one-yard touchdown pass to Chris Blair. And listen, Alcorn State is on the roll. I would argue if if you know if we were doing power rankings, if we were doing power rankings right now, I would argue that Alcorn State is number one. If you look at the box to row coaches and media polls, Florida AM is number one, North Carolina AT is number two, uh, and Alcorn State is number three. I mean, I would make the argument um, that to me, Alcorn State, if I did a power ranking, I would have Alcorn State number one, followed by North Carolina AT number two, and then FAMU number three. I realize FAMU beat North Carolina AT, but I think, um, you know, if you. You can't discount the wins that North Carolina A&T had over Jacksonville State and also over uh, ECU, which in some people's opinion, they would say that North Carolina A&T is number one just based upon those two things. But I think you definitely have to take A&T down a notch with the loss to Morgan State. They have to come down a notch. Even though, again, uh, I'll continue to say that it, 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 it wasn't a total shock. I thought Morgan State had a better team than people thought, although, you know, they've lost some games since then. The only game they've won, as a matter of fact, was over Savannah State. But Alcorn State, I mean, if you look at the, if you look at the schedule for Alcorn State, all right, they beat Louisiana College. It's a D2 school. They beat Texas Southerns not having a very good season. They beat Mississippi Valley State not having a good season. Um, but then they beat Southern, which even at that time, that was a good win. But it, it the win is, is, is more, and it stands out more since Southern defeated Prairie View A&M a couple of weeks ago in the manner in which they defeated Prairie View A&M. And then, of course, the loss to Alabama State was a tough loss, a five-overtime loss. But... Um, you have an Alcorn State team able to rebound and beat Alabama A&M last week. And then, of course, the victory over Grambling. And by the way, Alcorn also lost to Georgia Tech. So I would argue that right now Alcorn State is, if I did a power ranking, if I were to do a power ranking, I would argue that Alcorn State is number one. Huge win over Grambling for so many reasons. Number one, again, they get the monkey off their back from the last three years. The Braves get the monkey off their back the last three years, unable to defeat Grambling 
and it shows i mean and then but really not only haven't they been able to beat grambling they've been obliterated in the regular season by grambling only to kind of come back in the swag championship game and play well so i think the tables are are reversed now um the loss to alabama state i was saying it at the time i was like boy that's that's a tough loss alabama state but i'm not i'm not you know i'm not you know, I'm not totally sold on Alabama State. Of course, we got the the big classic, the uh, Magic City Classic, Alabama State and Alabama A&M, and that game is going to go a long way towards determining because Alabama A&M is now in a tiebreaker. They would lose that to Alcorn State. Um, I tell you what, if Alabama State wins this, or if, if Alabama A&M beats Alabama State, then you're looking at Alcorn State really, really being in the driver's seat right now with about three games remaining until the SWAC championship game. I'm not, I'm not sure Jackson State is still going to be there. I mean, they did have a loss, but it was a non-conference loss to North Alabama. So right now, Alcorn State, boy, I tell you what, there, I mean, and, and you got to put, I think you have to say Southern is in that mix as well when you're talking about power rankings. Um, they've won a couple of ball games in a row. Yeah, they beat Texas Southern. Again, Texas Southern not having a great season, but that win against Prairie View A&M, was absolutely monster. So now you get have Grambling, who has a couple of losses in the SWAC. Grambling now fades even more when you're talking about the SWAC's Western Division. And remember, Prairie View A&M has head-to-head advantage over Grambling. So that once again, it's it's like every year. This uh, Bayou Classic is going to come down and, and really decide who wins the West. And this year is going to be the same way, even though Prairie View AM is right in that mix. Prairie View AM is right in that mix. So a huge game, a huge victory for Alcorn State. And again, I mean, if I looked at the numbers, if you look at the numbers from this football game, I mean, it, it, it wasn't like it wasn't like Alcorn State wowed you. Like they didn't really wow you. You know, if you if you really look in depth at the numbers, but you know, from an offensive perspective and then defensively either. I mean, Grambling manages to get about um, about four hundred and eighty some odd yards or three hundred and eighty some odd yards of total offense. But this is the deal about. Alcorn State. Their defense has been so good this year. Talk with Fred McNair about this, the fact that the defense has really stepped up, which the previous two years under Fred McNair, the defense wasn't good at all. And if you go back the two years even before that, when Jay Hobson was the head coach and Fred McNair was the offensive coordinator, the defense was pretty good. So he's got a, a balance. Um, but I would say the defense definitely is ahead of the offense right now. And look in this game. Even if you look at this game, you look at the quarterback, uh, Jeremy Hickbottom, who looks to be the, uh, the main quarterback, if you will, for Grambling right now, completed 20 of 36 passes for 279 yards. It's a lot of passing yards, but zero touchdowns and one interception. So he was pretty much held in check. The running game sort of got some things going a little bit in terms of touchdowns, meaning Grambling's running game, but they only rushed for 84 yards in the ball game. And again, it wasn't like Alcorn State wowed you offensively either. Noah Johnson, the quarterback, 17 to 39, 169 yards, two touchdowns and one interception. He did just enough. The running game was solid, 148 yards rushing as a team. And that's really what the Braves are able to do. They're able to run the football and play 
defense. And I tell you what, they did a really, really good job. And that's a huge, huge win for Alcorn State. The other game, or some other games, um, a bit of a, a, a bit of a surprise, um, at least for me, Morehouse defeating Benedict 14 to 10. That game was played in Columbia, South Carolina at Benedict. And, you know, if you've heard this podcast, if you've heard me on From the Press Box to Press Row all year long, I have been saying that the Eastern Division is going to be won by Benedict this year. Not so fast. Again, you have a Morehouse team that's playing very well. And by the way, Albany State is playing extremely well. Also, they have not lost the conference game. As a matter of fact, they defeated Morehouse. So right now, Albany State sits in the driver's seat for the SIAC's Eastern Division crown. And what I like about Morehouse this year, you knew that they were going to lose a football game um, sooner or later. I mean, you knew that was coming. They started the season out 6-0. and They you know, played some teams that weren't necessarily great, but they found a way to win ball games. They found a way to win a game in Chicago against Miles. They found a way the next week to beat Kentucky State. Both of those scores, by the way, 23-21. to You had to know that with the way that Albany State was playing coming into that game against Morehouse, that that was a big possibility that Morehouse could go down in that football game, and that's exactly what happened. But what did the Maroon Tigers do the following week? They bounced back and beat a big-time opponent. I mean, Benedict is a good football team. And how is Morehouse doing it? We talked about the quarterback. You, If you heard my show a couple of – you heard the show a couple of weeks ago, I gave my top five players at the midway point. I had Michael Sims in the top five. I, th- I think I had him at number four. But I also put an asterisk by that because – you have to look at the uh, Dun Santos kid. I mean, that running back is doing a tremendous job. But not only the duo between those two guys on the offense, it's the defense that's getting it done. If you look at the numbers, Morehouse, the Maroon Tigers aren't going to wow you in terms of the numbers of yards they're giving up. They're giving up actually quite a few yards per game. But what do they do? They get off the field on third downs. Opponents only converting 29% of their third downs. They're not giving up a whole lot of points. And they are also protecting the football. If you look at the numbers, Sims has thrown something like two or three interceptions this year. Morehouse has fumbled the football four times. They've lost zero. They've lost zero Fumbles. Meanwhile, they've been able to gain nine fumbles. So I, I, I didn't look at the numbers, um, but I would imagine their um, their turnover margins got to be one of the tops in all of Division Two. And listen, the Maroon Tigers on a roll, but boy, they got a big time football game um, as they're going to have to take on uh, the likes of, uh, of 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 uh, uh, Fort Valley State um, on this weekend, and that's you know that's going to be a uh, a, a tough football game, a really, really tough football game. And by the way, um, you know, Tuskegee was a victory. I mentioned they went 6-0. and Tuskegee was a big victory for the Maroon Tigers along the way. I'm sorry, they beat they beat Kentucky State, then beat Tuskegee, then lost to Albany State, and of course, defeated Benedict this past Saturday. Some other games, 
Um, another big game I thought was really big. I had a chance to be at, had a chance to call North Carolina A&T and Bethune-Cookman. Thought it was going to be a much closer game than it actually was. I thought uh, North Carolina, I mean, North Carolina A&T won that game 35-10 to over Bethune-Cookman. Probably should have been more than that. Um, again, the Aggies get off to these great starts, and then in the second half, they just are not able to really score points. But that defense was absolutely stellar in the second half. Um, as a matter of fact, um, Bethune-Cookman had to go to uh, – they were able to, to sort of knock out their Akevius Williams. They had to go to a number two quarterback, and it just didn't work out for Bethune-Cookman. One thing led to another. And then uh, the Wildcats losing that game 35-10 to 10, thought it was going to be a much closer game than it ultimately turned out to be. And one of the interesting things, uh, speaking about Bethune-Cookman, y- you lose that game to North Carolina A&T. And guess who's next on the schedule for Bethune-Cookman? Nebraska. And Nebraska needed a football game. There was a relationship between Nebraska and the Nebraska head coach and the Bethune-Cookman head coach or coaching staff. They were able to get that done. Guess how much Bethune-Cookman is getting to play Nebraska? $800,000. Wow. Now, that I, you, you take that oh, any day of the week. You take that money to play that game. Yes, is it in the middle of conference play where Bethune-Cookman with two losses in the conference? I don't think now that two lo- losses is going to win the conference, but you never, never know. Boy, you got you to gotta take some time, a, a week off, to play a hungry Nebraska team that is in desperate need of a win, and you still have MEAC games remaining. So, you know, I asked Terry Sims about that. He says they're going to approach this game like they would any other game. They're not playing second and third string guys. They're going to play their first string guys. So I think that's interesting. You don't want to get those guys hurt when you still have an outside shot of still, um, you know, competing at least for that MEAC championship. So it continues to get tougher. Another big game, Bowie State rebounds from its loss, um, uh, a couple of weeks ago to Chowan beating Virginia State last week and then this past Saturday beating Virginia Union 27 to 13 so Bowie State um, continues to control its own destiny Chowan I tell you they they you know they're, they're still sort of hanging tough but um, you know we've seen a Chowan team in the last you know a couple of years ago that really got off to the good start and then sort of folded towards the end I don't know that that's going to happen I mean they're still having to and they have two losses in the conference by the way does Chawan meanwhile Bowie State only has one but they're having to do you know they're having to beat Elizabeth City State 44 to 20 I mean I guess that's not bad but you know having to 20 points is a lot to be giving up particularly with the way that they beat Bowie State and a Elizabeth City State program that is rebuilding don't look now, but Winston-Salem State starting to play well in the Southern Division. Defeated Livingstone 34-19. to Also playing well in the Southern Division is Fayetteville State, who comes up with another victory. Fayetteville State continues to roll. Watch out for uh, Fayetteville State as they are the defending Southern Division champions in the CIAA. But uh, Fayetteville State is playing some pretty pretty good football right now but again I like what Winston-Salem State is doing they got off to sort of the slow start uh, but now they're really starting to come on uh, let's take a look at this week's box to row coaches and media polls and in both polls number one 
is Florida A&M. Number two is North Carolina A&T. And number three is Alcorn State. In the coaches poll, number four is Southern. Number five is Tennessee State coming off a much-needed victory over Tennessee Tech. They blew Tennessee Tech out. It was homecoming in Nashville. Six through ten looks like this. Prairie View A&M, Howard, Bethune-Cookman, Grambling, and North Carolina Central. In the media poll, I mentioned the top three, Florida A&M, North Carolina A&T, and Alcorn State. Then at number four, you have Morehouse. Rounding out the top five is Tennessee State. Six through ten looks like this. Bowie State, Grambling, Prairie View A&M, Southern, and Benedict. Rounding out the top ten of the HBCU media poll. So that's going to wrap it up for today's Takeaway Tuesday here. On the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, don't forget about the weekend edition of From the Press Box to Press Row airing on a radio station near you. Stay on our website, or if you've downloaded this podcast, log on back onto our website at boxtorow.com and click on the affiliates link. You can also listen to the program on Satellite Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 142, each and every Saturday at 9 a.m. 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Sirius XM, Channel 142. Have a great day.